Good morning. Welcome to Valley Lights Church. I'm glad to see you all here today. My name is Bruce. I'm the lead pastor. And you've come on a good day because we're concluding a message series called Momentum. And for the past five weeks or four plus today, we've been looking at some biblical principles that will help you build spiritual momentum in your own life and some things that help us generate some power and momentum for our church to grow. And by God's grace, we've been able to experience some real growth and momentum as a church over the past two years. There's one aspect of church life that has really enabled us to grow, and that is uh, there's, a, there's a real boost that happens in our momentum when we gather together in small groups. No matter how many people that God brings to Valley Lights Church, we want to grow larger and smaller at the same time. <laughs> the way that we'll do that is we'll keep breaking up into smaller gatherings of people. And the reason that we look at this idea of smaller groups gathering midweeks is because a Sunday morning experience like you're having right now, this Sunday gathering, it's not quite enough to get the whole experience, really, of any church. Sunday worship alone won't be enough to grow and apply all that the Bible shows is the pattern for obedience and momentum. And so we've got these midweek groups that are designed for deeper discussion, debriefing, prayer, and encouragement to apply the Bible. So in preparation for this message, I came across a funny image this week. This is for anybody that feels totally depleted. Um, this is a, a picture of a can of tuna. The tuna says, drained and ready to eat. And then the caption says, me too, tin of tuna, me too. <laughs> drained, you ever feel drained and ready to eat? Uh, yeah, I think this has been one of those weeks for me, actually. You know, one of the reasons that we gather together in small groups is it can put some fuel in the tank if you are feeling depleted. Um, actually, we add power when sharing life regularly in a Valley Lights group. Sometimes you hit the middle of the week and you need perspective to get you back in action. Maybe, maybe things are stressful at your job or at home life or, uh, maybe, or maybe you just feel that the, the pressure is building. Sometimes you feel overwhelmed. Getting around people that are really serious about applying the Bible can be very refreshing. You know, sometimes NASCAR drivers push the limits and they, they, want to, they, want, they don't want to stop for another gas break, so they may push the limits and run out of gas. It happens, you know, there's a bunch of finishes. This is actually a, a, a picture from one of the finishes where this guy in the front, he did actually run out of gas on the last lap and um, the race finished and so he's just stuck on the road. One of the other drivers comes around and and then just gently comes up and then pushes him the rest of the way across the finish line. So he'd at least complete the race. So you see his, his arms out there. He's like, yeah, going like this. Getting, I'm going to get to finish. You know, on the rough weeks, sometimes this can be the role of a small group. Sometimes you get needed help to get back on track. There may be other weeks when maybe you feel like you are moving along pretty well and you're gathering together with a when you're gathered together with a group, it can actually really propel and surge you forward even farther. If, you're, if your car is doing okay and then you get this extra propellant, that's, that's called nitrous oxide. <laughs> in, in car terms, in, in, there's a lot of nitrous or NOS, NOX, NOS in uh, the Fast and Furious films. You know, they, you get a shot of that oxide into the cylinders, it creates extreme acceleration. This has really been the theme for our series. How do, how do we really propel forward in our own growth? So just for fun, here's, a, here's some examples of nitrous oxide getting pumped into uh, some drag racing uh, vehicles.
That looks like a lot of fun. I'd love to try that. And those are some pretty old vehicles, but it doesn't really matter because it looks legit. Especially that old Chevy. Man, that thing, just moving that thing. So you can see, you can get, so with the right propellant, you can get some serious momentum. But some of those old cars, you know, they can only go so fast on their own without, without some kind of modification. And I honestly think this bears true in our spiritual life as well. You know, we can only go so fast, we can only go so far without something else helping us move forward, without really devotion to a smaller group. I think there's something very powerful that we get when we gather in, in these closer friendships and these discussions that, you, that just doesn't quite happen as naturally on a big Sunday gathering like this. In many ways, participation in a group outside of the Sunday morning experience can really give us a boost. So we've got this acronym, B-O-O-S-T, BOOST. In small groups, one of the things that, you can, that we can have is we can have a sense of belonging. In groups, you can belong. Now, it's, very, it's a very powerful thing to be in a group of people and you feel like you belong there, and you feel like you belong with them. Church is a very unique place where a lot of people have a lot of different backgrounds. You know, if I look in this room right now, there's people from many different countries, many different time periods, many different uh, geographic backgrounds. There's, there's, there's a lot. I love that about church. I love gathering with people that maybe if it weren't for church, we'd have no reason to cross paths. But I find there's meaningful friendships that can grow out of that. There, you can really find a place to belong. This can begin happening on Sunday mornings. A person may feel uh, like, yeah, yeah, I feel like I'm a part of the team. Once they start helping out, maybe they're volunteering. And they feel like, man, I, this is my church. I belong here. But groups take it to a deeper level where I can find meaningful relationships with specific people. And really, a group is, is like when you take time, really the groups are, and there's actually two that were announced by Marie a few minutes ago. And there's two that there's uh, Brent and Candy Greer are, are leading one on Tuesday nights, and Debbie's leading a women's group on Wednesday nights. And so what happens is you meet weekly in someone else's house, and sometimes there's uh, fun activities to do, ways to just have fun together, but other times there's discussions uh, centered around the Bible and what God has said and how we can uh, live that out and apply that, an opportunity to open up about things going on in your week. And it really, the, the helpful thing about that is, I mean, if you, if, if you just, if you face it, it takes a long time for trust to grow in relationships. I mean, when you're, I feel like when you're a little kid, you can build like really tight friendships, like at lunch period. Like, you know, you just, you just swap the right snack with somebody. Like my the kids always around me had those like really great juice boxes and we would swap. But, and uh, I'm like, we're best friends now. <laughs> That's all that is, all it takes. But as an adult, man, how long does it take until you actually really trust somebody? Until you actually are willing to open up about the hard things that you're going through? It just takes time. Man, it takes time for us to, uh, really a long time. And so groups allow that. We see each other on Sundays and then you meet weekly in someone's house. There's a lot more opportunity to really belong. There's this profound statement from Paul, the Apostle Paul. He describes some of these deeper relationships in 1 Thessalonians 2.8. He says, We cared so much for you that we were pleased to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you had become so dear to us. So Paul and his companions, they were sharing the gospel. They were sharing the good news about Jesus. 
and they taught the truth and they, they proclaimed all the good news, but they did more than that, more than just speak the good news. They got involved in people's lives, which means they spent time together. How else would you have this kind of sense of belonging without time? They, they probably spent time eating together, spent time hanging out in each other's houses, talking through problems, going through trouble together, just a lot of time together. There was a richness that developed as a result, and you can see that in the way that he writes. That sense of belonging and familiarity in those friendships must have been a real gift at that time. In groups, we can express, so I can express for others that I, I really care about you. I'm going to take time to do that. And people can express to me that they really care about me as well. So that, that begins to happen. Once trust begins to deepen, people have a chance to open up. This is the next letter. Oh, you can really begin to open up. Now, again, there's a lot of power in being open and honest with people. Now, groups, you know, before you get too weirded out, groups don't need to be a place where, you know, everyone just comes and unloads and dumps all their problems. They air all their dirty laundry, so every bad thing that, ever, that they ever did. It doesn't have to be that place. And it's actually probably better for there to be some discretion. But in groups, you, I, I can share more about who I really am. I can share more about how I'm really doing in life. There's just more space for that. Every person, we all, you know, in your week, you've got some highs and you've got some lows. Things, things that we can celebrate together or things that we can do to support one another. Becoming more open and just kind of sharing. So some people are more naturally open. Some people, you know, for most of my life, you'd have to get a crowbar just to pry information out of me because I just wasn't that open. I didn't want people to know anything about what was going on inside of me. Some people, you know, there's a, there's a spectrum. But when we do become more open, it's, it's a way to walk in the light. There's really a temptation, I think, for all of us. No matter where you land on the spectrum, there really is a temptation for us to keep some things hidden. And, you know, behind a wall, there's some things I just keep behind a wall. And when we bring things out into the open, our connection to God and our connection to others really deepens. I love this verse in 1 John 1, 7 through 8. It says, If we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, meaning Jesus, if we walk in the light, two really amazing things happen. One is that we have fellowship with each other. There's a really good thing that happens in our relationships when we walk in the light. And then two, this is even better. The blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And if we say we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Sometimes groups are a place where we can come face to face with our own sin. Areas where maybe I'm getting off track. And when we open up, when we open about those things in our life, it's like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I really want to open up. That's a lot of work, and that's a lot of discomfort. But man, how badly we all need that how badly we need to be open with others. James, the half-brother of Jesus, he put it this way. He says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another. Which sounds like a great way to spend an evening, right? <laughs> that sounds really painful. Confess your sins to one another, but, and, and, then, and pray for one another so that you may be healed. <sighs> if the temptation is just to keep it all locked up, how are we going to find healing? How are we going to find freedom from those things? Real help and real cleansing can result when we open up and walk in the light with each other, allowing people to know where we're really at. 
Being in smaller groups of, people's, uh, of people, it provides another kind of boost. We also get to observe. As in groups, we get to observe. Spending time with other people, it gives you a window into their lives. And this can be really instructive. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7 says, Remember your leaders who have spoken God's word to you as you carefully observe the outcome of their lives. Imitate their faith. So often, I've just watched my leaders. One in particular, one of, one of my leaders over the years, I've, I've just watched as he speaks to his wife when we're just hanging out at home. I've watched how he disciplines his kids. I've watched how he just, man, he really just seems to love people at really inconvenient times, but he does. I've watched how he was the first one to pull out his wallet when a need came up. And that actually taught me more than 50 sermons on generosity, is just watching somebody do it in real life. That was really powerful for me. So much of my growth traces back to the examples that I've seen. And I wanted to imitate the faith that I saw in my leaders. Also, we get to observe not just the leaders, but the group members as well, the other people that are there. And, you know, oftentimes the other people that are joining the group are doing it because they also want to grow and they want to build some godly, positive relationships in their life. Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharpens iron and one person sharpens another. Man, we can really grow a lot by just rubbing shoulders with each other, experiencing life, watching, you know, interacting, you know, bouncing ideas off. Proverbs 13, 20 says, the one who walks with the wise will become wise, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. So we can, we can actually get around the right kind of people. We can get around people who are trying to bring their life into alignment with God's word. And when we do, that spurs us on towards the right things as well. I've heard it said many times that the person that you'll be in five years comes down to two things. The books that you read and the people that you spend time with. That's not scripture, but you know, it's you know, maybe a good principle for life. That the person that you're going to be in the next five years is going to be heavily influenced by the books that you read and the people that you spend time with. I mean, that kind of makes sense, right? Those are sources of influence. So one of the things in this category is maybe you just, as you're, as you're deciding, hey, should I even join a group? Maybe you take a relational inventory. Now, this is an idea by another pastor named James White. And he says, when it comes to people, are the people that are around you right now, like your, your inmost circle, your main people, are they bringing you closer to Jesus? Or are they helping you get further away from Jesus? And you can, you can kind of take this inventory by evaluating your, your, your VIPs, first of all, your very important people. These are the people that ignite your passion for faith and living to be more like Jesus. The VIPs mentor you, they challenge you, they invest time in you and model things. And you walk away from time with them, energized and spurred on, sometimes challenged and convicted, and, but you're challenged and motivated to reach new heights of growth. Those are, those are good people to be around. Then you've also maybe got some relationships that are your VNPs, your very neutral people. <laughs> neutral people, they can be fun to have around. They can, they can boost your ego, but maybe they don't add all that much to your spiritual mix. Maybe the, the neutral people lack passion and, and motivation in their own lives to really help. And then it, maybe it just ends up lowering the expectations for your own growth. And honestly, I think a lot of people tend to spend a lot of time in this category 
we tend to spend a lot of time with, with the neutral people. It's not bad, but maybe it's not really helping us grow closer to Christ. And, and we can evaluate that. And then there's the VDPs, the very draining people. <laughs> These are people that sap your passion. They can drain your enthusiasm and your commitment to Christ. And it's, it's a good to evaluate how much time you spend in these, these different categories. And this can sound, so this can sound judgmental. <laughs> the point is not to judge the people around you, but to take into account who's influencing me. The time that I spend with these people, are, they're having an impact on my life. I need, I need to be aware of that. You even find that in the Bible, where sometimes people would add to their running pack, the people that they hung with, in order to push for more growth. So groups, midweek groups, can really help with this. Groups are a way to infuse your life with some new relationships, really hopefully people that are going to spur you towards Christ. Another powerful aspect of groups is um, it's a place where we can serve one another. It's a real opportunity to serve. And check out this picture of, I'm going to read a, a verse from Acts. There's this picture of camaraderie and mutual service in the early church. And this is a passage we've referenced a lot throughout this series because it really is a model for a growing church. But in chapter 2, it says, All the believers were together and held things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting. There's two, two, two things. Devoted to meeting in the temple, which is like the big gathering. And then they broke bread from house to house. This is kind of like those small, small group gatherings. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts. And what happens is, as that happened, you can see that as needs come up, they'd get met. And a, a small group that you join, your needs or other people's needs can come up, and some of those needs can be met. Group members can help if you're moving to a new house, or uh, group members can help set up meal trains, celebrate showers or significant life events, or walk through loss together. There's other ways to serve, like helping set up or tear down or, or bring food or help out with childcare. Groups really are a place for reciprocating help. We help others, and then they help us. If I've been blessed by someone, then I, actually the Bible says, I owe it to them to return a blessing back. And it's not always, it's not always like dollar for dollar. <laughs> it might take different forms. Maybe one person helps by providing encouragement at a really low moment. And then I can return the favor by helping out when their family's moving. Or, you know, there's, there's all different ways that we can return this help to each other. This really is the idea of koinonia, if you've heard that Greek term for fellowship in the Bible. This is biblical fellowship, this practical good that reciprocates back and forth. Not more, that, that, that goes beyond just like, hey, we're all hanging out having a good time. No, there's like this practical help. And then last, there's another kind of boost that we all regularly need, and it's truth. This is a boost we need. Paul puts it this way in the book of Ephesians. He says, Speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head. Now the word truth here, uh, this, this, this part of the Bible is originally written in Greek. And the word truth here is a verb in the Greek language. Right now, it's, you know, truth is really only a noun in our English language. But basically, what, if you were to translate this more directly, it would say, uh, truthing in love go about your way truthing in love and what that means is well if we are if we're truthing that means we're speaking the truth we're doing what is true we're living in a genuine and truthful way with each other all that we do the, the way that we go about things is truthfully so whether the the truth of the bible is 
talked about in a group discussion, or maybe someone just speaks the truth to you in a one-on-one -on -one conversation, man, we can be encouraged, we can be warned, definitely need warning. We need to be built, we can be built up and challenged, we can, we can be spurred on to do what's right as we get ourselves around what is true. The danger of being without those kinds of deeper relationships is found in Hebrews 3.13. It says, encourage each other daily while it's still called today so that none of you is hardened by sin's deception. What this is saying is you go about your life on your own, relatively in isolation, boy, you have, you're, a, you're in a real potential to be deceived by your own sin and not even know that it's happening. One of the ways that we get out of that deception is other people speak it to us. We need that. It's more, certainly as we read the Bible and we pray, God speaks to us often. Actually, a lot of my prayer time is me being convicted about things that God is bringing to my attention. But so often, it's actual other physical human beings that God uses to bring encouragement, or challenge, or correction. And we need that. Groups are so important because group life is often where the rubber meets the road in church life. You get to put into practice the truths that we talk about every Sunday. In a group, you get to really experience and taste the biblical community that we're working so hard to create. This is a kind of spurring on that happens. And it's in those smaller settings where we're, we're challenged to live out the Christian life. So, it's a fun overview. That's, uh, that's uh, an idea of really some of the benefits that can flow from getting involved in a, in a small group. It can provide a much needed boost. And, and you've heard about those new groups that we're starting. So some of those groups that, that are, are beginning this week, maybe it can be a place for you to gain a sense of belonging and friendship. Or maybe it's a place where you can really begin to open up about your life, begin to walk in the light, and trust can grow. Or maybe it's a place where you can observe other people and be inspired by people who are walking with Jesus. Maybe in the group you can find help and you can give some help and actually contribute back to what other people are doing with your words, with your presence, with your service, or you can wrestle with the truth of the Bible and put it into practice. So, I don't know, of those five things, I don't know what, which one of those things do you think would be the biggest benefit to you right now? Maybe there's one in particular that you think, man, this would, that's, this would actually really help me in life right now. I've been in a lot of groups over the years, and uh, I've attended some, I've led some groups, and there have been times when I've felt really drained, like a can of tuna <laughs> in the middle of the week. And I've thought, you know what, groups tonight, but it would just be so nice to hang out at home. I've thought, sometimes things like stack up, sometimes stack up every night, and I'm like, man, can I just get a night off? And there's another person that at Valley Lights who uh, once told me that, um, she said that the idea of attending a group really caught her off guard because she never did anything like that, and she thought, you guys want me to carve out a night of the week every single week that's a lot of time i'm like i know it's it is it's a lot of time on purpose <laughs> whether it's a feeling of exhaustion or a busy schedule or or anxiety maybe about going to some new person's house or some other concern there may be things holding you back from prioritizing this maybe you're still on the fence maybe you're asking is it but is it really worth it though is it worth it the extra effort to go out of the house one more time at night when it's late i mean come on it's late seven o'clock man i'm just winding down is it worth it well to kind of help with that question i want you to hear from one of our members and uh, this is a, a video from brandon so you can hear what he says yeah i started going to life group last year and 
it was a, it was a bit intimidating. I didn't really, I wasn't really sure what it was gonna be like. I mean, this is like a new thing now, set set in my week, and it becomes like, what's this gonna be like? Like, I I don't know whose house I'm going to, or at least at first, you know, until I got to know know them. Um, who am I gonna meet? How's this gonna be? And then I'm, am I, am I gonna have to share about my life. This is I came to realize like, oh, these people are these people are just like me. Like they have they have cool victories in, li- in their lives. They have low points. They they have some of the same struggles I do. And so like that part was really encouraging. But then it was also cool like you get to see people who are like living their living you know your same faith in the way that you want to live it. And so as I came more, I got to know the people in my life group better and deeper in it. I was like, oh, these people have a, a walk in Christ that I want. Like, I want a deeper walk in Christ. Like, they have. See that and, like, thinking, like, I think after, like, those conversations of seeing kind of the way they lived and treated each other or treated me, I was like, well, I don't want that in my life. Like, I, that, that's something I want to live more like. I want to be more, um, have a deeper walk with God and have a deeper faith and grow grow more to be more like Jesus. Like, like like these like these people are and so that was really cool and encouraging and um, it really as I committed more and got got more involved in life group I um, I got to I feel like God used that in my life so I um, I did my faith did grow more as I as I as I went more and I got more involved and people got more involved in my life and um, it was really good <laughs> yeah life groups are definitely definitely work at worth it. I've made friends, I've uh, challenged some things, I've, um, I've learned more about God, things that I don't think I would have known, or maybe he would, he would have eventually taught me in some other way, but I'm really glad he taught me through, um, through uh, the life group, and through um, sharing, sharing my life with other people, and having other people share their lives with me, um, has been really encouraging. Well, you can, uh, you can sense some of the enthusiasm there, and uh, I actually get to be in a group with Brandon this semester, so I'm pumped about that. Um, so, you know, you heard, you heard a little bit more about that. I've, I've heard other people from church here say, you know, when I got home from work, I really didn't want to go out for a group. I thought it was going to be a drain to go out. And then they were surprised that actually, instead of being a drain, it brought the boost that they needed. And they said, I didn't want to go, but man, I am so glad that I did. There may be, if you were to join a group, there may be a cost on your schedule or your sleep schedule or your energy level, but what you get in return actually might be more important than all those things. You may find actually this is, this is a worth it benefit. If you do want to sign up for a group, you can let us know on your connection card. Um, and so now, now I'm going to transition and I, I'm excited to wrap up this series. We've talked about the impact of group life, but I want to bring all the ideas from this whole series together. So over the past few weeks, we've talked about five core momentum builders. And you actually have, you you should have received a a magnet that when you walked in of summarizing these things, these five momentum builders. And uh, you can see, you can throw that up here too. Oh, not yet. Thanks. Um, So they are. It's all good. You're going to hear more about this one in just a minute, so that's a little teaser for the baptism. Thank you. You guys nailed it. You're good. It's, it's perfect the way it is right now. <laughs> um, man, some of that, te- that technical stuff, that's complicated back there, so they do a great job. So these five momentum builders. Okay, so do, well, do you at least have the magnet in front of you, you guys? 
Okay, sweet. All right, so grab that. Here's the five things. Attend worship services. Volunteer on a ministry team. Invite others to church and events. Commit as a member and join a group. These are five action steps that anybody in this room can take. And we took time to explain these concepts over this five-week period because this really is our strategy for developing people that want to grow here. So maybe you'd say, hey, Valley Lights is my church home. What do, what do I do next? If this is my church home, what do I do? This is it. This is the answer. These things are not in order. You can have different starting points. And because we've taken time for this, you can go back on our website, our podcast, to, to listen to any of these messages. But in each message, we carefully looked at what does the Bible say about these things? Because thankfully, God has provided very clear directions, actually commands, about how to do church. How do you do church? Our goal, as always, is to conform to the Bible. We want to, we want to fit into the mold of the Bible, not do it the other way around. We don't want to try to take the Bible and make it conform around to what we want. So just imagine with me for a moment, this room full of people, and then more people besides. Not everybody in our church is here right now, and some of them are back serving in kids. So imagine all the people at Valley Lights doing all of these things. Imagine all of us attending weekly, but really engaging in worship and teaching. Imagine everybody volunteering and carrying the load, inviting new people to join us. Imagine everybody making a deep commitment to the body. And then imagine joining a group where we all are spurring each other on. Think about the, the kind of momentum that we could generate as a church if we're doing these things. You know, when we started Valley Lights two years ago, it took enormous amounts of energy <laughs> from the early team, which is kind of, the, anytime you start something new, it takes more energy at the beginning. But God has been allowing us to start picking up momentum. The relationships are deepening. More people are hearing about us and hearing about Christ. More people are getting involved. It takes a lot of energy to make this thing go, but here's the exciting part. As we pick up speed, you can be a part of helping us build momentum that will carry us into the next season of growth. I'd love to have your help in propelling us forward. We've got a lot of exciting things planned for this upcoming season. You've heard about some of them in the, our announcements. There's fun events to meet new people. Um, we'll be teaching through a few different message series this fall that will be really relevant and practical. One, you know, the one example that you've heard so far is the financial squeeze. And, you know, you might consider taking, taking this seriously. Why don't, why don't I invite somebody new? Why don't you go out on a limb, invite somebody to church to be a part of that series? Maybe it would be really helpful. Uh, or one of the other events that we have coming up. A friend of yours or a family member of yours just might attend and that invitation could be a pivotal moment in their life where things turn around for the better. So I'm really excited to see how God is going to continue to use our church to reach more people. So I'm going to pray in just a second. And when I do, uh, some of, the, some of the, our volunteers are going to go bring in our elementary kids for the next part of our service. Because um, I want them to hear and listen to what we'll talk about next. So would you pray with me? Father God, we thank you so much for your help and your guidance. We thank you, Lord, that you're uh, allowing us to pick up speed and momentum, and there's deepening commitment, and really not, not that the commitment's going to us, but really it's going to Jesus, and that people are wanting to make their lives more about you. So encouraged about um, the many people that have learned to walk with you, Jesus, as a result of being connected here. Would you allow us to keep growing, and keep growing in a way that brings honor to you? We really do want to do things the way that you've said in the Bible, 
and experience the blessing that comes from that and really the, give the praise to you for that. We thank you for your love and your guidance and your help. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so the next part that we have coming up, and the kids are going to come in, we're gonna, I'm going to tell you about our baptism because uh, we're going to wrap up our service and do a big baptism outside. And that's actually why I think some of you are here attending with us today, which I'm really excited about. So I'll just explain, first of all, what is a baptism? It's, a, it's, a, it's where you get dunked under the water, fully submerged, uh, as a representation of a person's commitment to Jesus Christ. And so what I want is, uh, I'll explain a little bit more about that once we get out to the tub, but I want you to hear from three of the people. There's, there's five people getting baptized today. I want you to hear from three of them on video um, a little bit about their decision to get baptized. So you can roll that and give us some good volume in case, you know, more volume comes in. <laughs> Really come out, it's like my new rebirth, so to speak. Um, so yeah, I'm not excited for getting my hair wet. 
<laughs> All right. I guess girls have more concerns than guys when it comes to the hair thing. So yeah, you guys can come on back up. We, uh, so I invited you kids in here because I wanted you to hear some of these stories of people that are deciding to follow Christ. Because as you hear that video, you can really tell there's, there's a very intentional step that they're taking in their commitment to Jesus. And that's really encouraging. So I wanted you to hear that. And then I, we're, gonna sing, we're all going to sing a song together in a few minutes after I get out of the way. And uh, I want you guys, you kids can help us sing this out really well. This really is a song. It's called I Will Follow. And it's a chance for us to really declare our desire to follow God.